Thank you for joining us for Effective Heart Change, the podcast that will discuss how to apply faith principles to real-life situations. This is Effective Heart Change. Welcome to Effective Heart Change. Dale, it's good to have you on board. <laughs> Always better to be on board than uh, being drug along or something like that. You or know? overboard. Yeah, and it's good to, uh, to be inside. Uh, it's very good to be inside. <laughs> maybe we, it's cold outside. We're having that uh, polar plunge. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen any bears yet, but I keep, <laughs> keep my eye out. It, it's a little chilly out there. <laughs> We're on the third layer. The third layer is called covered. The first one was called safe and actually gets into peace. It gets into rest. It gets into a lot of different things. The second spiritual layer that we talked about is called belonging, and it gets into the idea of love, acceptance, and belonging. And if you want to think about these in terms of development, think about the womb for just a moment. The womb hopefully is a safe place. It's a place of peace. It's a place of joy, positive anticipation. Then you come to the time of of birth and you get this idea of hopefully belonging. And we talked about last time that, that father connection and mothers that seem to have the connection earlier. But a lot of times it's like, wow, all of a sudden there's just this, it's my child. And there's this belonging and there's this thing that goes on there that, that is kind of a natural love and acceptance. And if these things are done the right way, it really sets a person up well for later life. Well, then this third layer that we want to talk about is called covered. And this one is really important. It's got a lot of different dynamics. I, this one is kind of like one of these. It's, it's busy. It's incredibly busy. But part of the idea is I'm going to call it provider protector, where you have children, when they're born into the world, are the most dependent of any creature out there. I mean, if a baby is born... Uh, and it doesn't have that protection. It doesn't have that provision. The baby's going to die. I mean, it's it's no ifs, ands, or buts. When you said that, I had the picture of the animal world and how uh, the the cub or the kitten or whatever is born. And there's sometimes it's just that's it and and split. Uh, but most times there's there's a connection. There's a feeding and advancement but but it doesn't last long and and uh, uh for the most part you wouldn't describe it as tender and loving <laughs> uh, no not all the time obviously i grew up with cows and so the idea of calves and you get some calves that literally almost hit the ground running and they're just i mean literally in minutes they're they're up they're standing they're they're going through the processes they're eating you know it's just amazing you get some that don't hit the ground running that you really have to take care of and nurture or they probably wouldn't make it. But by comparison, think about animals that are just there off and running right from the very beginning. Uh, Not so with human beings, very, very dependent. They need that provision. They need that protection or they they won't even survive physically. So part of the the start of belonging is actually having uh, someone around to belong to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds pretty elementary, but uh, the the atmosphere that's created 
uh, is really important uh, to the negative or to the positive. If you tie that in with the previous layers and you start thinking about safe, if safe has been laid down, if you get to the second layer and love, acceptance, and belonging has been laid down, it's a normal transition into nurture, protector, provision. You know, you get all these different terms and, and caregiver. There's a lot of different terms that you could use, but you have that person in an authority role, if you will, but not authority a lot of times the way we think of authority, where it's like domineering. But it is. It's a nurturing, caregiving kind of role. Well, if safe has been established, if belonging, love, and acceptance has been established, that just happens very normally and naturally. If those things haven't been established, almost, I mean, a child's hardly even born, and there can already be friction there between the adult provider and and the child. It sounds to me that uh, along with provider, uh, a caretaker would be uh, a good terminology that uh, would apply that to someone that is is in charge and yet is uh, the interest is in the child and its well-being. We also talked about what happens. You can have love and acceptance coming your direction and not really receive it. Even early on, even in the womb, the child has, and the word that I like the best is embracing. The child has the ability to grab hold of that and drink it in and make it his own or kind of has the ability to kind of almost put hands up and say, no, not today. And so there is some kind of function there that that is going on where the child is actually interacting with its environment. That happens at the safe level. That happens at the belonging, love, acceptance, belonging level. It really begins to happen to a much greater degree at this level. So you use the term embracing, and then you said there's the possibility for the Is rejection too stern a word? or I think rejection is probably the right word, yeah. because at a spiritual level, and that's what we're talking about here, I call the spirit realm more like a light switch. It's kind of the spirit realm is pretty much on or off, and... Let me give you the idea of peace versus anxiety. You, you, know, you, you can kind of be halfway for a little bit, but if you're halfway, you're probably going to drop off into anxiety. You're either embracing peace and drinking it in and getting a hold of it, or you're sliding off into anxiety. And it can be a fast slide off or it can be a slow slide off. And If it's a slow slide off, well, you can be halfway for a little bit. But in the spirit realm, it's a spiritual presence, and it tends to be like a light switch, as I say. It tends to either be on or off. You don't have that often when it's a slider switch. Obviously, we've got the slider switches where it's like you can turn it on and it's dim, and there's a little something there, and then a little bit more and a little bit more, and, and that happens to some extent. But yes, we tend to either embrace and move into that positive zone or not embrace and be in more of a negative zone. The way you describe that, it sounds like it can be a slow slide. It can be. But it's going to pick up momentum with, with all likelihood. It really is. It's, I like that word momentum. In the spirit realm, you're not going to be stagnant. Either way. 
you're not you're yeah. going to be moving yeah. some direction or another you're either going to be moving towards the peace or you're going to be moving towards the anxiety now in this one just kind of throw it out because we're in kind of an introductory and we'll come back and and talk about this but then you're really talking about the faith trust response on the part of the person you've got the external person which is father figure if you will heavenly father figure, in order for me to respond well to that nurture, caregiver, provider type person, there has to be trust on my part, which actually the part that we talk about in spirituality, i.e. religion, is actually usually called faith. So the response of the person in this one is either a trust-faith response which also, let me add another word, surrender, uh, coming under authority, coming under covering. These are all the side of the person who's on the responding, but then you've got that caregiver, protector, provider side. I was uh, struck as you were describing that with uh, the scripture, I'd rather you were hot or cold, not lukewarm. And, and, and so when you talked about being spiritually, you're moving all the time, really. And and it, it may be either direction, but but as far as 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 God is concerned, you'd prefer hot and cold. You can deal with that, and wavering out there, it's hard to hard to deal with. This layer, maybe more than any of the other layers, although they keep getting progressively more complex. But this layer is fairly complex. I want to break down just a few of the basic things that we've talked about so far with some questions. Give you a chance to look at those. We'll take a break and then we'll continue. We've been talking about this layer of covered and it actually starts to be relatively complex. So I want to explore a little bit more the outsider's side. Uh, the layer actually that gets laid down inside of the person is a faith trust layer. And let me talk about that because I work a lot of times with dysfunctional people, people who struggle. And the most powerful word to me in heart change, in transformation, is simply the word trust. How do I get to a place of trusting something outside of myself? And this is incredibly important because what I believe is trust is the vehicle by which you receive strength, you draw strength. So if I never get to a place of trust, I'm not able to connect with those outside people, those outside spiritual things that can strengthen me to help me overcome in life's difficult situations. I need to be able to connect with mentors. I need to be able to connect with people and, and situations where I actually can grow and be strengthened. So if I don't get this layer laid down, it's very difficult to get where I need to go. Sounds like we need a moving van here. There's your vehicle. There, there's your vehicle. And I don't know what other word to use. You know, how, how do you transfer strength from this outside person to me, uh, the word I chose is vehicle, which, uh, you know, vehicle is kind of like, eh, okay, I get it. it oh, it's I, little... think, I think a moving van works because 
uh, you're, you need it. It's got to be there to get from one place to the other, and, and uh, you're carrying something valuable. This is where the breakdown of the family, and especially fathers a lot of times being absent fathers, and all of that ends up being huge because God is pictured as a father. So if my father figure isn't doing what he's supposed to do, if there's not a, the idea of the provision, and, and it's not strictly male, it's female. Women come along and they step into that role as well. But if the, the child gets this idea of father as not being safe, or maybe worse yet, as just having abandoned him. We're back to the last category. But if father is someone who abandons me, now I have to provide for myself. Then you get into what I call man-child, where you have a child who is particularly young and really not capable of things yet, but because Father is absent, and so now all of a sudden I feel like I have to become this adult without drawing strength, without growing up. Can you see how this messes up that trust process at a very high level? And one of the things in working with addicts, I talk about this a lot of the time, we want them to walk up towards a trust process, but that's not going to happen unless we're offering them something that is safe, we're offering them something that is belonging, and we're offering them a form of covering that actually cares specifically about them. Uh, I talk also about the one another lifestyle. If we're not able to communicate that we're for a person, that we care for you, we care about what is best for you, what are the odds that that person is going to be able to trust? Slim and none. Slim and none. None doesn't have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> or slim doesn't. Other way around. So it ends up being an issue of what are the outside forces? And this one, it was true of safe. It was true of belonging. But in this one, because as the interaction starts, if there's not an outside person, if there's not an outside spiritual environment that is nurturing this and gives them a chance, what chance does a person have of trust and faith? I'm thinking, too, in our modern, I, I, I hesitate to even try to put a word on it, but in, in society today, uh, not only is there the likelihood that one of or the other of the parents is, is going to be kind of delinquent at best uh, as far as input in the child, uh, with women with career, careers now, uh, it can be either or or both, and that uh, the ideal is that both contribute and both are there to to offer that that encouragement, the support, and direction. I think of one man in particular that I have been working with, who mother and dad are both very career oriented, mm -hmm. Type A, right. driven into their jobs. His big issue was simply that he was pretty much left at home here's a TV, whatever, and left to raise himself and never really felt any affection. Now, yeah. I don't know how true that is or isn't, but he felt very much almost divorced from his parents and, and left to fend for himself, right. left almost to die, right. so to speak, in, in a sense. 
And you see that spiritually where now tried to introduce him to God, tried to work with him in that, and it's just like, there's just like nothing there. It's, it's like it's a total dead zone. It, he can't believe that God exists. He can't believe that God would care for him. And so we tried to step in and play that role, but man, that was so difficult working with, with that person because of the belief system. It's interesting that you said that you don't know. Well, it doesn't matter what he perceives, his perception of it, his take of it was, it's just me, and I can't depend on anybody else. So I think that that's a really important thing to, to consider here because uh, the person that's involved is the, is the object of, of whatever is going on, has a perception of it, and that's how he sees it, she sees it, and it doesn't matter how we see it in that sense. Now, as far as going forward, then we have that, that view has to be changed. So if you're going to build this layer, it's not an idea. It's not a discussion. It's not information. At some point, somebody needs to step into that caregiving role that actually is for the other person, that models all of that, that is willing to sacrifice on that person's behalf. And then here's where it gets really ugly. And the person might accept it, might respond well, but might not. And so when you do that and you offer that to someone and you get burned, and then you come along and you offer it to the next person and you get burned, after a while, what do caregivers tend to do? I'm done. Yeah. I'm out. I've I given am, it all I'm going to give. I've given it all I'm going to give, and I'm not going to be taken advantage of. I am finished. One of the things when you work in the area of benevolence, when the idea of helping people, helping people who need money, who need different things, if you do not understand that you will get burned, if you cannot handle that, don't start into it. Because you're going to start down this road, and typically what you're going to find is people have to take advantage of you multiple times before they actually will be able to trust you. That's, that's a hard one to swallow for most people. That's another interesting observation, too, because it goes both ways. Uh, if, if you're working to encourage and help and you keep getting rejected, then you're going to start <laughs> hiding out in your own hole. And so, so one way or the other, the influence is going to be there. I do personally try to screen things with the question, am I willing, first of all? So mm -hmm. I, I deal with me. Right. I look at the situation, and I, I'm not even looking at the other person. I'm looking at me. What am I willing to do? I'm not going to promise something that I'm not willing to do. I'm not willing to follow through. But it's also helpful to ask some questions, get a sense sure. of the other person, and maybe even get a verbal confirmation. What are you willing to do? If you are willing, I am willing. That helps screen this process and make it a little bit safer for both parties. We're back to atmosphere. Uh, you're, you're creating an atmosphere, and you're, you're aware of the atmosphere you're walking into. And and if that's a mutual thing, then there's a chance for success. If, if one or the other is out, you're wasting your time, basically. This is such a complex area. I 
a lot of topics I could spin off on. I, yesterday in class, we did a spin off of this. It was pretty neat, pretty cool. But we want to pause again, give people a chance to reflect, and then we'll continue. We've been exploring the covered layer. In the last segment, I tried to present it a little bit more from the protector, caregiver side. Uh, it's impossible to do that. You've, you've got to pull both sides in to do that. But now I want to switch, if we can, a little bit more to the person who's on the receiving end. And what did I say during the last part? I talked about as a caregiver, if you're not willing to get burned, you cannot walk in this area. Same thing applies on the receiving end. On the receiving end, you're not going to find the perfect person. You're not going to find the person. In fact, if you find that person that seems to be really into it, et cetera, they're probably an enabler. They're probably not going to give you what you need, they're probably going to give you what you want. And part of the nature of caregiver provider is it's somebody with perspective that isn't just rolling over and playing dead and being nice. However, if we take that the other step on the, on the part of the person on the receiving end, what I have found, back to the giving end, you've got to be willing to be burned multiple times that person on the receiving end, as much as possible, has to develop the same mindset of, I will not necessarily find what I need the first time. I've got to be able to forgive. I've got to be able to step back up. And I've got to pursue this thing because if I don't, I can't draw strength. If I can't draw strength, I won't get better. So there's got to be that heart on the part of the person who is seeking to get out there, get in the game, so to speak, and get after it and continue to work towards it. Sounds like a bit of skepticism would be um, maybe not out of hand at all. That It's going to be natural to question. You're, they're in a position of not trusting, and, and so there's going, the hands are up. And they say, don't rush. And, and aside from someone that sounds like they're going to give in everything— uh, they should use that to their uh, and, but the 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 part that you mentioned earlier in the in the giver was they listened, and 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 that person that that is the receiver. It seems that that would be one of the highest priorities is to listen to to what is being said and what is being given, and respond to that. And and uh, like I said, I think a little bit of skepticism in there is not only natural, but it's it's something that is healthy. Let's go to that word skepticism. The part of that, if it's skepticism in terms of negative, if I bring a negative cast to everything, it's not going to work, and that's not going to be good. But here's what I would call healthy skepticism. That's when I look at outcomes. I want to go to people who are having good outcomes in a particular area. If someone is walking in an area and they've got good relationships, if someone is doing parenting and you're seeing their relationship with their kids, when you're able to see outcomes, that's what should 
govern our skepticism or our belief. When you're looking at that and you're looking at real outcomes, you get to know the person well enough that you can begin to see, yeah, this person seems to have it together in this area. Now, language is very important. Seems to have. There needs to be some ability for personal connection, a greater sharing. A lot of times caregivers are like, I'm over here. I'm in a different world. I'm not going to show you me. I'm not going to tell you about me. I'm doing this for you, and you're under my feet, and you're right. down there. Sounds well, like then, a psychiatrist. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Then you're not getting real outcomes. You're not getting a real view of that person. You're just getting information. Well, I think right now one of the words we should consider is consider. Uh, that's what that person is aiming for, whether he knows he's aiming at it or not. Uh, the the person that needs to receive uh, needs to be able to listen and take under consideration what's being offered. That word scares me a little bit <laughs> because you cannot understand. I talk about obedience comes before understanding. That's why, to me, it's really important to see the outcomes in the other person. What we like to think is, well, if I understand, then I will obey. Well, this, this one is much more vertical. This, the idea of being covered, I'm going to someone who I think understands more than me, who, who is, really is a mentor. So some of what they tell me on the front end, I'm not going to be able to understand. That's why the skepticism can be important because I want to see outcomes. I'm going to be taking some steps here that I may or may not be able to understand. So your consider word doesn't necessarily work real well at that point if you're in a really a vertical situation where there's real mentoring going on, somebody understands more than you do. At some point, you've got to be willing to go, I'm considering this and I don't get it, but I'm still willing to do it. Okay. I'm, uh, I, I'm th- trying to think of another word and I'm, and I'm not coming up with anything. What I was looking at was that that uh, presentation of of ideas and direction, and and how a person uh, decides uh, I'm willing to follow that, and or uh, I can't go there. If you go back to your consider word, if you're talking about taking it seriously, which is I think what you were saying, and so I. Sorry to pick Weighing it, it Yeah, I'm sorry to pick it apart. It's and, okay. and, and I'm not trying to be critical of that. But if by considering you're taking that other person seriously, and hopefully in the covering area, it's more than just taking it seriously. I'm willing to walk into something that I don't understand. I'm willing to try things that I don't understand because chances are you're not going to get there. So this is a decision process. It is a decision and, process. And that's, that's where I was coming from because for me to go into any decision process, I have to consider what's being offered and, and way back and forth through my whatever I do, the evaluation. Maybe that's a better word. But without doing that, I can't come to a, con- a conclusion or a direction that I'm willing to take. And that considering and weighing process hopefully ends up getting you to a point of, I am willing. Right. 
And I am willing because I see someone who has a greater perspective, someone who can be a mentor, someone who can actually be a covering, who is looking out for my best interest. When I believe that about a mentor, now I'm willing, and that mentor, hopefully, if I'm willing to obey, and that's a word we just don't like because we don't trust, we don't walk in the faith zone. Well, guess why faith is so hard for so many people? They haven't had that kind of a relationship. So how can I trust a God who is greater than I am? How can I trust a God who's telling me to do things that don't feel right to me? Well, if you haven't had this layer laid down, if you haven't had a trusting relationship at a human level, it's going to be hard to get there at a God level. Uh, that gives it direction. That, that uh, the, the decision-making process uh, there, there has to be all of those steps, and and without them, without uh, a, a feeling confidence that the other person has something to offer that I need, uh, there isn't going to be any forward progress. Let's take a break and talk about these aspects of the growth process where we're really getting into things like consider and skepticism, and then we will continue. We've been talking today about the idea of being covered and coming under covering and just the incredible layer that lays down. If people are struggling in the area of faith, if people are struggling in the area of trust, this, this is it. And it's not just an intellectual, let me explain to you information and you'll, you'll know how wonderful I am and how much truth I have and you'll be able to trust because I'm that. It Almost really is, do or die, isn't it? It, it really is. It's, it's a huge, important layer, and it's, and it's very experientially driven in terms of relationship, and a lot of times we miss that particular piece. Now, one final comment, you know, is leading through this segment, uh, the strong-willed child. This is not something that happens equally for all people everywhere. If you've got a strong-willed child and Many people have experienced that. You know, in my case, multiple kids, uh, you have different levels of will uh, about different areas. This is not just something that the parent does, and if they do well, it's just going to automatically float across to the child. There is a very clear part, and it starts sometimes in the womb, I'm convinced, but definitely at very young ages, you start seeing that manifest where it's like, uh-uh, you are not telling me what to do. And there can be a real battle there back and forth. A little Isaac and Esau. A little bit of Isaac and Esau. Or the kids that are out here when we get here. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's one that's very vociferous and, yeah. and obstinate in any number of donkey terms. And you get, you get very strong-willed children. Now, the neat thing is when that works out, a strong-willed child can be a strong-willed child, and they can do incredible things later in life. And so it's, it's not totally a negative. But in this particular area, if you're going to get this area laid down, how do you deal with a strong-willed child with a firm enough hand 
that this layer actually gets laid down because if there's never any respect, if there's never any obedience, this thing can't happen. But on the other hand, if the you have to use so much power, so much force, so much negative stuff. Squelching. Yeah, squelching <laughs> to, to get your point across. How can you have trust and faith? Exactly. You, there, there's no background. Uh, there's no, no basis, no foundation to build on. Let me make a simplistic difference here, and, and it doesn't work this way as a continuum. But you have children who are power children. In other words, there's, there's some people who God created who they're more movers and shakers. I, I don't know what else, but they, they are interested in being influencers. They're interested in being the top dog. You know, I mean, they, that's just, that's who they are. That's part of their nature. And then you have people who are more followers. And, and again, it doesn't break down that simply. But if you have power children, there's a level at which they will never respect you until you win. So if I come in with that child, and hopefully not in a harsh way, not in a belittling way, but there's a power encounter, and you better figure out how to win in that power encounter. If there's a power encounter and the nurturer caregiver wins, it's interesting, but that child will actually feel safer and will settle into that, and you'll see very positive outcomes. If you come along with a child who's not a power child and you try the same power techniques, you will crush that child. So this is not a one-size-fits-all. Caregivers have to recognize who they're working with and figure out how to handle that person in order to best nurture them and grow them up into this layer of trust and faith. Sounds like to me that uh, it would be real valuable to have the uh patience, the the forethought to think of we're God's creation. Each one of us are created differently, individually, and gifted in some areas and not in others, and that uh, we can look at someone else and see their need, and uh, we ought to be able to do the same with ourselves. And then in, in dealing with a difficult person, that means different than I am, I think. Oh, you're not difficult. <laughs> No, that means it's anything that I see as difficult. So, uh, but in dealing with them, I need to be honoring them as individuals of creation of God, just like I am, and that they may have shortcomings here, but they have strengths in another area. And, and to, to honor people back and forth, again, we're at, I'm, I'm back to atmosphere, but it's the honoring process that carries the day. When you have that honor and you look at other people that way, again, that's huge. That, that's a great point. Another practical point that I want to add to that is just slowing the process right. down. When you're responding in the moment, a lot of times it is out of anger. If you're being challenged, if, if you're the caregiver role and you're being challenged, there's, there's that tendency to just jump back and to crush and Many times that crushing is going to destroy that person's ability to believe, to have faith in later years, and it'll take a period of time to restore that. So slowing the process down, slowing anger down, slowing replies down, taking a little bit of time to pray or to think about it or to consult people and to walk things through in a slower process, that's a, an incredible 
incredibly powerful tool to be more effective in this area. Yeah, I'm reminded, one of the things uh, I always think of that uh, when Christ was angry about the the operations in the, he took time and went and made a whip and then came back. So it wasn't a, an anger thing, which is the way I always heard it when I was a younger person, that he was, a, he was angry and he lashed out. Well, there was, there was a period of thought and, and then a response. And he saw a priority that was worth it. There are hills to die on. Yep. There are times when I've got to take a stand and I have to win. If I don't win, that child will not respect me. And people do not like this language. We've, we've kind of taken that out. But if you're dealing with a power child, there's a time when that happens. But it needs to be done very seldom. You don't do it over and over again. It needs to be done with forethought. It needs to be done not rashly. It can't be done in a way that's destructive or harmful to the other individual. It's got to be have self-control. When you understand all of those pieces, then it becomes effective as a caregiver. And we've lost so much of this. We've, we've lost our understanding of how to carry this out. You have absent fathers. You have broken families. How can you come into a place of just resting in a caregiver role out there who is watching over me? It's not hard to understand why people are walking away from faith today. This layer is largely missing in our culture. The, the powerful response uh, with respect uh, is, is possible. It's a God response. Uh, and, and, and when we do it that way, uh, we don't necessarily, or we don't, uh, in all likelihood, break down the other person's spirit. If you think about what we've been saying, it's about relationship. If you go back to level one, and, and I'm going to say spirituality is about relationship. Spirituality is about connecting. So if you go back to level one, it's about building safe in. Level two, it's about building love and acceptance and belonging in and unconditional love. Here we're talking about covered, where there's a give and take. There's a covering where I'm going to protect you and provide for you and you're doing something foolish and I'm, I'm going to be right there to cover you and to absorb some of the blows and some of the things that hurt, but I'm also going to hold you accountable and walk you through. When these things are are put in place. It's powerful. And as churches, we have gotten to the point to where it's just an idea. Will you accept my idea? And we don't walk through salvation. We don't walk through discipleship in a manner that mimics these layers, that grows these layers. And then we wonder why people's faith is shallow and it doesn't last. There's a step-by-step process that we need to walk people through if we're going to have deep and lasting faith in the people that we're reaching out to. You mentioned hold to and hold up. That's a good combination. The, the hold to is there's a standard here and there's a level we need to approach, but hold up is I'll be there to hold you up in that pursuit. And both of those are needed to develop this layer. Amen. Well, I hope you've enjoyed it. My goal is to challenge you. I think if we can do faith in a more effective way, 
We'll see lives changed. We'll see a nation changed. Hang in there. Stay after it. Learn, grow, take better steps. We'll share more next time on Effective Heart Change. Production, editing, and audio by Matthew. Set design and setup by Ashley. Content recorded live at Studio 104.